Good morning, good evening, people, and welcome to episode 520 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, Merry Christmas. Yes, I'm going to stick to what I was saying. This is the second time we've started recording. Uh, The last time things didn't go as we expected, so we've started recording again. And I was in the midst of saying that, yeah, I used to be very much one of those people that were like, after Christmas day, Christmas was done. But I've started to go, oh no... Because it's like, it's the festive period. There's too much build-up to it. And there's and too the, much, yeah. The, the, the build-up is too stressful for it to just be worth it if it's only one day. Yeah. And then so I, I'm now going, well, hang on a minute. I don't take my Christmas decorations down on, bo- on Boxing Day and go, right, well, that's fucking, that's fucking done. Let's fucking move on. And that week between Christmas and New Year is just weird anyway. It's Twilight Zone week. Yeah. Yeah. So why not just like, why not just like keep, keep the fucking trainer rolling? Keep the festive joy of fucking going. Yeah. You know, then then getting back to real life, that's fucking January's problem. <laughs> I feel like I don't have much interest in watching Christmas movies once Christmas Day, maybe Boxing Day, is done. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, you should kind of keep the vibe going. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all about the joy. It's all about crackers, cheese, leftover meat and booze until January the 1st. I mean, I, I literally haven't had a drink in a week and a half, so... You've been very poorly, though. Um, so, yeah. So, but, but what have we got on today's show? Um, well, we've got one cinema review in Ferrari. Uh, but Ian, did you, you saw Bind the Heron, didn't you? I did indeed, yeah. Yeah. Um, we couldn't because it's just not playing very wide, is it, Lucky? Um, so, we'll be seeing it at some point in the future. Um, we're also going to chat Rebel Moon, um, the film that we all started watching uh, when it was released uh, on... Netflix on the 21st and finished watching about 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I've got a bunch of films that I'm going to fucking power through because it's Christmas and there's a load of like, well, I watch this every year, so long-term listeners. <laughs> yeah, so we've we'll got bits of that, we've got some questions and we'll, we'll do some Christmas chat, I think, as well, won't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... We're our Pod Syndicate podcasters, other Pod Syndicate shows. Uh, go out and listen to those guys because they're all pretty fucking great. Uh, and that's that's about kind of it. Um, Ian, has there been much happening in the news um, 
recently, this week? Um, I mean, I think it's interesting looking at what the US box office is doing. And to be honest, it's not an awful lot. Um, well, and it, Aquaman died hard. Yeah. Yeah. That is just a bloating whale corpse in the sea. Yeah, it literally the four days, including Christmas Day, which is a big, like, it's traditionally a big cinema going day in the US, it made $38.3 million, which is fucking awful. Um, Just really, really bad. Um, The Colour Purple has started. actually relatively strong it did over 10 million dollars on christmas day alone uh seven million yesterday we're recording the day after boxing day so the color purple started off well uh a lot of ads for the color purple on itv's christmas day coverage uh which has had itv on in the background for some bloody reason and that ad came up a lot and uh, donna thought i was taking the piss when i said it's a musical um so uh yeah interesting um but yeah, Migration, the new Illumination animated film, is um, uh, at about $25 million, which is okay. That thing's probably going to have some legs. Uh, the Boys in the Boat, Clooney's new film, um, uh, opened on Christmas Day, a two-day of $8.7 million, which is okay. Anyone But You doesn't seem to be doing great. Five days, yeah. it's done $10 million. Um, yeah, it's an odd one, that one. Th- I mean, that one's just weird, because it's just... It felt like even when the strike was over, they didn't do an awful lot for it. It it just feels like anyone but you release it at Valentine's. Yeah. It, it's six mm. weeks down the line. Why are you releasing it at, at Christmas? And the, the thing is, there's not been really any, like, holy shit, banger releases. I think they, they in theory... Aquaman would have been one of them. I mean, Wonka was sold out when we went to the no, cinema. That, that was released a few oh, weeks ago yeah, yeah. now. Yeah. But, but, um, but Wonka is doing all right. It led the Boxing Day box office in the US. Yeah. I mean, Wonka's, yeah, that, it, Wonka's doing well. Because it's magical as shit. Well, the, that's the Wonka's <laughs> thing. I mean, like I said, we were at the cinema today, weren't we? And I, genuinely, I have never seen that cinema as busy as it was. That was wild. It was like the, the screening of... Wonka that was on uh, like the first screen of the day of Wonka was sold out mm. um, and then there was um, Next Goal Wins yeah. was sold out as well wasn't it oh was it I yeah that. Uh, that was the one that was going before us uh, that, um, there was only like a couple of seats left but they, they weren't, weren't sat together, together. Yeah. Um, our screen of Ferrari was busy okay. yeah um, so yeah that was it was Wild. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I I went to see uh, I went to see Ferrari yesterday at ten past eleven show, and it was relatively busy. Busier was the boy in the heron today. Um, nice. It was in a relatively small screen in Chapter, the the art house in Cardiff. Um, I don't know what was playing in the in the big screen, but it was a bit. Put it on in the big screen. Um, it probably seats like I don't know sixty, maybe seventy people. And, um, like, literally Lots and I arrived, like, ten minutes after the start time. We had to sit right at the back. It was still a decent view, to be fair, because it's such a small screen. Um, like, and it, it, there, there were maybe three seats left. Fucking hell, nice. 
right. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, you know, like you say, it's not necessarily playing super, super wide. It's playing two sites in Cardiff. It, it, it's playing the Art House and the Cineworld. Um, Apparently, it's getting quite a staggered release, though. Yeah, because you said you said it, it it starts at Parkway a week Friday. Is that right? Yeah, we, on the fifth it starts. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I did a little bit of kind of like digging to find out. Right, have I got it wrong? Is it advanced screenings this week, and then it's it's it comes out like later on? Uh, and sort of read it, and it basically said read an article that said, yeah, they're gonna. It, it's a staggered release, so it's going to release on more sites just going out over the next eight, three weeks, apparently. It's an odd one, that. I mean, I'll talk about it later, but it's, um, you know, it's a 12A. I wouldn't necessarily say it's for young, young kids, but, you know, Lottie enjoyed it. Like, spoiler alert, Lottie was into it, and she's 10 tomorrow. So, you know, it, it's it, it would work for that kind of audience that want to see something post-Christmas. And, you know, there's... Yes, okay, you've got Wonka, and there's there's an argument for Anch- uh, Anchorman, Aquaman being um, for for kids as well. But there, there's room, there's actually room out there for kids' films or, or films that kids can see. You know, the the Boxing Day releases are like weirdly adult skewed. You know, yeah. a- anyone but you. Okay, maybe teenagers, but. Ferrari and Nate's goal wins. I, I mean, kids aren't going to fucking watch them. No. Maybe, maybe it'll push you might get teenagers again. Nate's goal wins. Uh, um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I completely forgot that had come uh, that had come out. Um, I, I did until we got a trailer for it in front of Ferrari, <laughs> yeah. and and within now the thing is, I'm interested in that because of the story. I know that the, the film is not based anywhere near in reality of the story but I'm interested in it because I think the story will make a fun that type of movie uh, and I, I don't care if they are loosey goosey with the truth on it loosey goosey with the truth uh, but <laughs> the fact that the trailer opens up saying from the guy who didn't win an Academy Award for Best Director no, from the of, loser of the loser of the Academy Award yeah. for um, Jojo Rabbit yeah and from the loser of the uh, Teen Choice Award for Thor Ragnarok. It just made me go, like, you're, you're not taking the last Thor movie doing, not it, doing very well, very well, are you, Taika? The last Thor movie was absolute shite. But also, he won the Oscar for original screenplay for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, but that doesn't fit into his, I don't care, I don't care at all, kind of thing that he's got going on <clears throat> Quite. That's like quite the impression. I loved it. It's because he just he he, he just I, like he's such a tit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does seem to crawl up his own ass a bit. You know? It's just there's an awful lot of like just that. That would be funny <coughs> if, if if he hadn't been so um, like I never even liked her anyway about <laughs> the Thor, whichever fucking what it was last time, Love and Thunder. Mm. Um, but now it's just making him look quite bitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. And, uh, but and, and on top of the, I only did Thor because I had my kids to feed. I'm sure you're fine. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him next because Nate's goal wins doesn't seem to be doing anything. And you know, I, I mean, like we may review it next week. I suppose, maybe I. I'll be honest. I'm more interested in anyone but you. 
But I'm, I'm more interested in one, but you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to turn my doubt down my gain a bit. I feel like maybe I'm being a bit pitchy. Um, right, there we are. Um, yeah, so so there we go. Um, oh, uh, do you know what I had a trailer for in front of Ferrari as well as Nate's oh, goal. goal wins? Ferrari. Goal. For, for a Ferrari for a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely convinced that they'd forgotten because it, Ferrari came out on Boxing Day. I was convinced that whatever were played in that screen on Christmas Eve, they just copied and pasted the schedule, and I was just going to see whatever was in that screen a couple of days beforehand. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised when it actually came up and said Ferrari. Because the fact that it, they trailed Nate's Goal wins, which for you as well is interesting, considering that film is already out. Oh, look, um, we got a trailer for Aquaman, Next Goal wins, uh, and I think there's another one that's already out. It was all it was all films that are already out with the trailers that we got. Like, what the fuck is that about? I did have the trailer for The Beekeeper. Um, Ooh, we didn't have that. Yeah, which, um, you know, that... that <laughs> I, I I love the fact that uh, that the, the, the producers of the Beekeeper have put forward Jason Statham for Best Actor at the Academy Awards. For oh, the really? oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's that's go, that's going to be an interesting time. That you know, it's it's David Ayer, um, yeah. but it's a Sky original in the UK, like Ferrari. I mean, I don't know. Good on Sky, I suppose, but. Um, yeah, it's it, some interesting release strategies here because it feels like, you know, May, December had a limited release and then was on Sky like four weeks later. Is that going to happen with Ferrari as well? Or is it like Ferrari got a wider release so they're gonna it, it's going to hang for a little bit longer? I, I don't know. It's I mean, interesting. Literally on Now TV, uh, it has Ferrari coming soon listed on it. Yeah, and I mean... As, as, as like a title when you open Now TV. I just I I like that Sky have taken that release model that you know Apple TV are doing of put it out in the cinema, let it get some cachet, and then you know we've got some buzz because this was a film that was it that, that was in the cinema, you know like that that's that's the, I, that's the thing I don't know and again Netflix obviously don't care but they would have made some money putting Rebel Moon in the fucking cinema. That's it. It it it, it is the difference between like you say. Getting a little bit of um, attention and a little bit of holy fuck, yeah, that that was in the cinema a few weeks ago, you know, that, and it, it, it's on here now, rather than just farting out nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I, it, odd one uh, that, um, you know, we'll we'll get to Red Bull Main, obviously, um, but yeah, I th- you know, it's it's between Christmas and New Year. That's kind of uh, I, I don't know. Uh, one of the guys in Parasite killed himself because yeah. he was yeah. like suspected. Like it looks like. There were some drug charges coming, but it was like recreational drugs. Oh, it's it's um, like basically any drug use in in Korea is, is seen as being like it's a death knell for for a career, mm. um, and you know just being proved to be using marijuana. I think carries like a five year prison sentence. And Lee Lee Sun Kyun, I, I didn't, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to be de- disrespectful, but yeah, forty eight. That's- yeah. Fucking sad, that. Fair play. Yeah, and it's like say he was just found in a car park. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, hey, I mean, I, I think that's probably about it. I don't think there's been anything in the way of trailers either, unless I'm mistaken. No, um, I mean, the only one that I can remember is the teaser for Rebel Moon, which I think we can talk about after we've talked about Rebel Moon, I would say. Sure. Um, 
But beyond that, I'm just having a wee little looksy looks. Oh, um, Love Lies Bleeding. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, look, fair play to Rose Glass for not just going, all right, I'm just going to do another fucking English horror film that people are going to cream all over and then forget a week after it comes out. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It looks, it looks intriguing. It kind of looks like it's just, as fucking everything is now, built for memes and serious podcast discussion um and that's i i yeah but i i don't know it it looks i'm i'm up for ed harris and i'll watch christine stewart in like anything um yeah yeah i don't know i i, I think it looks it looks interesting it it looks like it could be shit but i, yeah, I, I don't know it's an interesting that's trailer it. i'm very much like i Kirsten Stewart, Ed Harris, yeah, sold on that. But I think it's a, it's just such a, really, is it just does, do all films have to look like this now? <laughs> it just feels a little bit like, oh, can we do some, can we have a different looking aesthetic? Not one that is just, you know, so bore out now Sh- shiny yeah. trailer park yeah yeah it just feels a little bit like that like yeah oh look at all these people from like the lowest end of uh, of society and you know the crime and everything like that and look at the, their perfect veneers and it's just it, it just feels a little bit nah could you just do something <laughs> a bit different mm. <laughs> it's 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 just wore its course a little bit. But, hey, hey, look, I mean, but, you know, Rose Glass, I, I thought St. Maud was deeply, deeply underwhelming. Um, it's fucking funny as fuck. It, that like ending, yeah. Right. <laughs> but just, honestly, genuinely, and I'm not just being a prick here, I cannot fucking see an Aldi carrier bag now without thinking of the end of St. Maud and having a right good <laughs> chuckle. I mean, the thing is, you thought that ending was funny from the start as well. Like, yeah. you were day one, that's a funny end. I mean, just the, the cut to her going, ah, is, yeah. it almost feels like a com- com- comedic cut at the end. It's, yeah, um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, before, well, they, before we watch uh, Love Life, I'm going to watch St. Maud again because, because I enjoyed that film. Yeah, For, I, wholly different reasons to everybody else <laughs> I'd be, yeah I'd be tempted to have another bang on it but hey look a British female filmmaker going to the US and shooting a shot good luck yep. to her I go hope it's you. good go for it yeah exactly I hope I, I I think it might be better than the trailer lets on yeah I mean hey the trailer's basically going Christian Stewart in a lesbian relationship with a yeah fucking weightlifting lady on the run from Ed Harris you know, but like it's yeah, I don't know it. It feels like it's ticking off buzzy. Sh- I don't know. It it almost feels like the A twenty four algorithm or something. Um, it, the A twenty four algorithm seems to be. You know those films that you used to buy that said starring Brad Pitt on, where you could get fifteen films for a tenner. Yeah, yeah, we, I, I remember those. Yeah, A twenty four. We're just gonna make shitloads of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey. Let's let's see how how it goes. I think it comes out in the spring. So yeah, yeah. 
Right. Should we, should we do a review? Should sure. we review a fucking film? Let's review a fucking film. So what do you think? Uh, there is no ashtray. Are you a prima donna? You have a try flicking ash out of a car at 200 kilometers an hour. I'm offering you a brand new car which has the edge on Maserati. Bullshit. The Maserati is faster and it has an ashtray. If I put in an ashtray, will you drive it in a mille mille? Uh, let's review Michael Mann's Ferrari starring uh, Adam Driver, uh, Penelope Cruz, Shirley Woodley, Jack O'Connell, <laughs> which randomly appeared, uh, Patrick Dempsey uh, and other people. Uh, what is it the story of? Set the summer of 1957 uh, with Enzo Ferrari's auto empire in crisis, the ex-racer turned entrepreneur pushed himself and his drivers to the edge as they launch in the Milimaliga, uh, a treacherous 1,000 mile race across Italy. Kind of what it's about. Melia. Melia. Right. Sorry, I didn't realise you were fluent in Italian. Nice. Um, it said it five billion trillion times in the film. Well, I don't speak Italian. Ian. It's Michael Mann. Mm. It's motor racing. Mm. It was always going to be a bit of Ian Nip. Um, <laughs> yes, fair. Uh, how did you find it? Yeah, hey, so... I absolutely think your mileage may vary, um, but I I really enjoyed it, but I would not be surprised if other people, maybe even on this podcast, I don't, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> who, who could you be suggesting? Didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, but I mean, in, in all seriousness, it's a film that I'm very much in the tank for, you know, I... I if I'm being objective about it, um, it's probably it probably is too long. Um, Shailene Woodley, uh, what is she doing there? Why is that yeah. role Shailene Woodley? Exactly, yeah. um, the least Italian-looking, Italian-sounding woman ever. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of a, a breathtaking miscasting there, and especially yeah. when she's against Penelope Cruz, who is doing a lot and even like her body mannerisms like the way she walks like hunched over as if yeah. just like life has just is literally fucking weighing her down like that that is a great performance i think adam driver's re- like really really good but the the, the thing is it's michael man directing a film about a man who does his job really fucking well um but then also with that whole that whole kind of thing that he he the 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 the, the man who must be good at his job because he can't emotionally he can't like be good at life emotionally you know it's it's like fucking uh james khan in thief um yeah you know it actually to be fair in a way it's like jamie fox and, and collateral like you know that having the big dreams for his his business and stuff like that, but no real personal life down down there. You know, I mean, fucking Colin Farrell in Miami Vice. You know, like Neil, but his Neil in Hulk in a Hulk in in, in Heat. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so it, it's doing that thing, but 
Yeah, it, I, I mean, I thought the really, really good score looked great. Shot by Finch's guy, Eric Messerschmidt. Um, yeah, I think you can very much... I, I, I got very... I, I didn't realise it was directed uh, by Messerschmidt, but I was. I did at one point during it go, this is very mank at points. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, in, no, absolutely. In the way it, 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 it's, it's shot. Um yeah. And then I, I, I just saw that now and was like, oh, that, that kind of makes sense though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, hey, uh, there was one moment that I was just a bit like, for fuck's sake. The bit where the driver dies and it's like, his go- um, what is it, his girlfriend's there. And then that other guy dry- like comes up and he's, he's just like, yeah, I came to introduce myself and Ferrari's like, I don't need another driver. Mm. And then ten seconds later, that guy just fucking ragdolls out of the car, and then the driver is just like, "Call me in the morning." Yeah. And it's just, I, I, you know, it's not supposed to be funny, but man, that that's an excellent. That could be like an excellent case study for like if a film's edit and score is different. That could actually be something from a fucking parody of this kind of film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, uh, but then that is juxtaposed against maybe the most horrific car crash of in cinema history, CGI aside. Um, yeah, that was a watch. Everyone, everyone in our screening just was like, <gasps> well, uh, they when it crashed into the yeah. crowd. I mean, when that car just fucking destroys that crowd, I was just like, mm. fuck! I said out loud, like, fucking hell. You know, and like, then it then it then it has a light, nice long, panning shot lingering on uh, limbs and stuff. Yeah, it was grim. You're right, all right, Nikki. Fucking hell. <laughs> but but and 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 then the film alm- almost forgets about that. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Until the like after after the movie's finished, and it just says, "Oh, and he was exonerated." All right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, great. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like all these people fucking, these kids die, and then it's like, oh, you know, we found this in the in the tire. We're saved. You know, I don't. It would just like, have we quite got the focus right there, guys? You know, but hey, I've I've said a lot. I really liked it. Uh, you know, if other people don't really like it, it's not one I'd argue. Bex, what do you think? I mean, it, it, it wasn't for me. Mm, I, mm. It, um, it's it's about a subject matter that I'm not particularly interested in. If it was a Michael Mann movie about Enzo Ferrari's life and it had any kind of fucking plot whatsoever, it might have been better. But it's not. It's just a snapshot of this moment in time in his life, uh, and it's like, all right, cool. So the man, so Ferrari won a race. Isn't that what they do? Cool. It it just the the story was just far too fucking dull. The sort of POV racing shots were really really well done. Like it it is bonkers to look at the kind of racing cars that they used to drive. And how little safety features they had on them, yeah. Um, you know, and and to you know, you, you don't get a POV of of like even modern racing like drivers with all their safety stuff. You don't. They don't have in car cameras that show you what they see. But it's just yeah, you do. 
Oh dear, well, I haven't watched it in a, in a long while. Um, but like, it's, I'm guessing there's lots of stuff around them, whereas in this yes. it's just fucking open air. And they're just, you know, you can hear the wind rushing and stuff. I thought that was that was a really good thing. I thought, I thought Penelope Cruz was glorious in this. I thought she was absolutely amazingly good. Like, the, the absolute sunspot in this movie. Um, I thought Adam Driver was, was good, but overshadowed by her. And I thought Patrick Dempsey really rocks that silver fox look. <coughs> Absolutely, yeah. my takeaways. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like Penelope Cruz, if this film gets any Oscar attention whatsoever, I could see her getting a nomination for Supporting Actress. She's, she's, she's so good. Very and, good. Like, <laughs> raw in this. Like, it's, she's just... She's just brilliant. But yeah, I mean, I didn't hate my time with it. It was fucking long, though. And I'd, I never want to hear the words Mila Melia ever again. Ever. Because it's said too much in this movie. All words have lost meaning. Um, it's too long. Didn't hate it. Penelope Cruz was great. I'm not its demographic. Fair. That's probably my takeaway. Fair. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been trying to make this movie for a very, very long time. I mean, um, the writer's been, like, dead for, like, over a decade. Yeah, uh, and I, I think he, he's been wanting to... I think he wanted to make it originally um, after The Insider. Mm. Um, but he couldn't get... There was something... Anyway, he, he, he couldn't... He didn't... Have I remember reading about it literally about twenty odd years ago, <laughs> and the reason why it could is it wouldn't have been allowed to have been released in certain places because he couldn't get the rights to the the book everywhere. Yeah, all right. And so there was some like weird bit where he was like, he had to wait for it to become available. Can I just pause you for one second? Yeah. So yeah, Ian, that video that you've sent that is exactly proves my point. How much safer does that look? Than, than yeah. what we were doing. Well, yeah. There's just screens and lots of fucking buttons and a like outer to the car. Well, the the, the, the guy who, who who literally crashes and and gets himself split in two. Mm. Uh, he's just wearing like a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a jacket, mate. Jacket. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so I I've been intrigued by what he was going to do with it over over all of this time, and it, I think you've said it previously Ian it's just good that Michael Mann you know a a very important you know filmmaker has gotten to to kind of make one of his passion projects uh, I, I was worried thinking it might be a bit crap because the, the only reason being that Michael Mann has, has, has just not made that much in the past <coughs> two decades yeah. and so you kind of go, well, is it that they've just kind of fallen out of love with the idea of filmmaking? Mm. Um, a, a little bit. Like, for instance, uh, John Carpenter just doesn't care about it anymore. He isn't bothered by it. Doesn't have a spark for it anymore. That's his words. Um, and so I was a little bit kind of like, well, <coughs> is the focus going to be there? Because all of man's, you know, the w- reason why his films are so good is because he puts such an amount of research mm. and such an amount of focus and attention to detail that would it be there and it, it, it absolutely is he's not 
Again... Not phoned it in, have they? I, I think the fact that... It, I mean, originally... Um, I, I think man wanted to call it Deadly Passions for, for years. That's what it's always... <laughs> I mean, that sounds like an erotic thriller. ...going to be called. And, and, and the, the studios basically said a, a few things. One, no one's going to know it's about Ferrari. Two, that it, it, it sounds like a different type of movie. And three... Um, the FIFA film was called United Passions. Please don't do this to us. <laughs> Fair point. Um, and so they changed it to Ferrari. I, I, I do think that they should have called it something different. It's a little bit... People will go into this thinking we are getting a story about Ferrari's life or the company Ferrari's... What is it? And it isn't. It, it's a it snapshot. Is, I'd, I'd really genuinely love to watch that movie it must be fascinating it must be a fascinating story of how they built the company and stuff yeah I bet it's actually quite interesting um, you know the fact the company w- w- was bore out of a post um, you know a post post war Italy yeah. um, I don't think Italy liked talking about the war because they, they don't like reminding people that you know that they were Nazis um, <laughs> but but I I I like the fact that it's not a hyper energetic movie. Mm. I kind of I like that that a lot of it is people talking about stuff. Uh, I think when Man does that, it, it's it's really good. I think it does feel long, but I think the first two thirds of the movie don't. I really like the first two thirds of the movie. Mm. I felt that it started to feel too long once you hit the race. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even the race itself felt too long it's just that you had the race itself and then it stops and then it goes on for another 15 20 minutes oh and there's like uh, there's that scene where he go he like he picks up those flowers from the hotel desk and then just goes up and just lays down with shailene woodley and like yeah that it actually adds nothing that scene yeah. adds nothing it, it, it's just a little bit it just that's when it starts to get a little bit ploddy and you go in Mm. All right. There's either, I, I very much there is that either you could trim this down and have it be a movie that is 105 minutes rather than 125 minutes, or mm. there's an extra 40 minutes somewhere that makes it. Oh, all right. Yeah, you flesh this out, and it, 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 it's that that now makes a little bit more sense, and that character's yeah. built out a little bit. Um, yeah, because it is kind of about nothing. It, it's not about nothing. It, it, it's just it, it's the bits that it's about, like the the whole uh, him toying with the idea of trying to sell Ferrari, just doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Her cashing the five hundred thousand dollars, it goes somewhere, but it's just in a real low energy way. There's no it. He starts and ends in basically the same place he was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only difference is that he's now no longer in an actual relationship with his wife that he wasn't in a relationship with anyway. So it just doesn't really... Mm. There's not lots to learn there. But, performance-wise... I actually thought Shirley Woody was quite decent in it. I do agree she's completely miscast. But it's one of those where... To the point where when she first spoke in it, I was like, oh, so he's got like an American mistress. But, right, okay. 
But because there's been a lot of like of, of this, because I know there's another film recently where people were saying about accents. Napoleon, people talking, people not speaking French accents. Yeah. Right. Well, my feel on that is, well, they're Italian, so they'd be speaking in Italian anyway. So why they need to? It's it, it, for me. It's almost a little bit worse than speaking in English, but in faux Italian accents. Almost, I, I prefer them to just not. <laughs> I feel like there's plenty of actors out there that naturally have I, I, that kind I, I, of accent. And I agree, which is why I said, um, you know, it, the casting I agree with, but at the end of the day, she's been casting it. Mm. You know, no, no acting is going to go, no, I don't want that work actually because I don't quite think I'm suitable for that. Unless you are a much bigger star than Shirley Woodley is. Um, yeah, and I mean, hey, look, her career probably needs something where she can work with, like, a master of cinema and kind of get her in people's attention. I mean, like, from from a career point of view, her being in this does make sense. Yeah. It, it yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't really get any chemistry from her and Driver. Like, I definitely got chemistry from driver and cruise like when they kind of like hate fucked on that table it was like yeah well, the people sat next to me did not enjoy that scene no, they didn't do oh that. really they yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's it is becoming a oh, bit of a oh, bit, oh, a bit of a thing know. isn't it a <laughs> driver just fucking people on tables oh, in films mm, mm. um but yeah it's i'm gonna say something mildly controversial now about michael man I think that Michael Mann's visual style has suffered more from using digital photography than film photography than any other filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I like Public Enemies. I like I like Ferrari, and I liked um, Black Hat. Mm. But none of them are as good looking as Collateral, for instance, mm. or um, Heat, or even The Insider, or Miami Vice. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the the race scenes were really well shot. Yeah. And you kind of got an idea. I like the fact that you got you got the the idea of right. The majority of this people aren't watching. Mm. Like just people aren't watching. Like nowadays. If there is that race, which it might still exist, I don't, I it, don't it know. It doesn't. That was the last one they did was because the of that one? accident. But, but, but there are races like this that exist over a long stretch of road. Like mm. road races. Yeah. And they literally have cameras pretty much yeah. covering the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, if not all of it. Whereas this, there's just not a lot. Like, a lot of it. But like, Yeah, when she turns up at the end and it's like, oh, where's... What's his face? Yeah, but, but yeah, it's like, like that. It's, you're like, they're going, oh, oh fuck I'm sure he'll be around here somewhere. He won't be. <laughs> a bit of it might be. But. <laughs> no. Um, but like, even the. Um, the. Maserati uh, driver going off and then just getting pizza, which I'm guessing happened in reality. It seems like a weird thing to put in the film if it yeah, didn't yeah. actually mm. happen. And that's just kind of fun. That. That he just gives him a lift. It's just like uh, gives him a lift. It just shows that these guys 
yes, they're, they're on opposite teams, they're competitors, but they were probably friends. And then the boss gives him a bollocking, like, you can't yeah. come here in a Ferrari, you should have walked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I, I mean, it's like, not a good look for it's them. Not no, a good it's look, not. But, I, I, but again... <laughs> I do like the fact that the way it's shot, it almost almost makes the Maserati guy a bit of a cartoon villain. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh he's, he's almost twirling his moustache. Yeah. Over its 30-year history, a total of 56 people died. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, but it's... It wouldn't surprise me if it came out in, like, a few months' time that there is a, there is a near three-hour cut of Ferrari. I'd watch it. Mm. I'd watch it. Because at one point I did look at my watch to what time it was and not because I was like getting bored or anything like that. I was just curious about sort of roughly how long was left and was surprised that it had been like an hour and a half of the movie. I just, I, I God, I'd like, I'd really like to know what like a non-general film fan member of the Tafosi, like the Ferrari diehard fans make of this film. Uh, I, you know, it because it's not like you could particularly get under the skin of him. You, you see that you know he was a really shrewd businessman, and that whole I did like that whole idea of how do you get people to buy his sports cars, win these races, so people are like, yeah, I want to be in one of those cars. You know, I mean, it's it's that, that's a, that's a good idea, and the whole like he makes cars so he has the money to race. Riff. You know, like that that's that's yeah, that that's absolutely the kind of like the purest racing drivers kind of mentality and I I think they play that quite well. But then it's also alright, he's got a mistress, he doesn't really love his wife anymore. Cool. So, you know, it's what like very stereotypical with me, but an awful lot of men on earth, and especially in Italy at that time, I'd suggest. Um, yeah. And still, still now, it was well known that when Carlo Ancelotti um, was managing Chelsea and moved to England, that his wife stayed in Italy, but his mistress came with it. Fuck's sake! Yeah, I, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's not, there's potentially not that much insight with this film, mm. but I, That's I enjoyed what I mean my time. By, with like, it. it's not about anything. Like, even what it's about, it doesn't dig into. That's fair. Just, Look, it's just very it just skims. I think there's a lot of that with modern biopics, though. Well, don't fucking make them then. I'm I'm at like a four four point five on this, but if you <laughs> if if you don't really have that like interest in the subject matter, you could probably take a star or two off quite easily. I'm at a I'm at a four with it just because I, I I I enjoyed my time with it. That isn't how we rate movies, guys. All right. Well, I well here we go then. So well, hey, de- I, I'm, I'm def- definitely not shit. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Definitely not shit for me as well. Becky. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely objectively not shit. It's just not for me. That's fair. Well, so it's uh, it, it's like a thanks, I hate it, but almost like a milder version of that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. I just, just, just thanks. Don't do, I, see, I don't want to use my thanks. I hate it for this week because I watched another film that you guys have already seen. Oh, oh. that's going to be interesting. So, what's that then? Uh, well, our audience poll: definite shit fifty percent, touching cloth seventeen percent, and shit thirty three percent. 
Heller ikke. Ja, yeah, really. Hmm. Cool. Så var jeg mændet op. I just... Yeah, okay. CS3P Combat Player One Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? While you're in luck. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. (laughs) So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I st- is this on? We're here from a small village, and we're looking to hire some fighters to train and protect us against a force from the mother world. I'm no friend of the realm. Okay. That's well known. And I'd gladly fight with you, but I have a debt on my name, and I own my debts. What's he owe you? Well, 300,000 dirhams ought to cover any inconvenience I've suffered. Ah, you bollocks. We don't have that kind of money. No money. Well, I do love to gamble. Here we go. What's the bet? If Terry can break that creature out there, his debts are squared with me. But if you don't write him... You all get a chain and a shackle. That's the deal. Uh, right. Fuck it. Shall we? Shall we review another fucking movie? Sure. Yeah. Let's get right into it. Uh, Rebel Moon uh, is directed by. No, Zach Rebel Schneider. Moon Part One: A Child of Fire. Yep. Yeah. Right. So just get out of that. If you're going to call your film Rebel Moon: A Child of Fire. Right? Don't have the character say the line in the film, but different. Why would she say? She doesn't say, I'm a child of fire. She says, I'm a child of war. Which is fine. Part you one. I just called it, at part, part one, a child of war. <laughs> I'm part one, a child of fire. Yeah, but, but I mean, would you put it past it anyway? Well, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, right, what, what does IMDB say it's, say it's about? But it's got people in it. Loads of people. There's a lot of them. Um, Sophia Batella, um, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, Ed Skerrin, uh, Ray Fisher, um, the voice of Anthony Hopkins. Um, and oh, was he the guy with the flower garland? I liked him. Ah, right. We'll Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy the robot. We'll get, we'll get to Jimmy later on. I liked Jimmy the Rock. Right, we'll get to him now. Would go to war for that motherfucker. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, good dude. wearing the fucking horns because he's gone native. Yeah. yeah. Join his band of rebels. That that, that 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 is what made me go, I, I don't care about Sophia Patella. I, I, want, <laughs> yeah. I, I want part three. Army of fucking Jimmys. 
Jimmy when a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living amongst its villagers becomes their best hope for survival. Uh, Ian, Star Hi. Wars Rebel Moon. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I'm intrigued enough for part two, just about. <laughs> Just about. I, I love the fact that the IMDb says it is set in a fictional galaxy. Really? <laughs> That's quite funny. Um, I, you look, I, I found it really, really hard going at first. The, the setup of that place where, I don't know, man, it was like, all right, it's a rural community where they like to fuck. Cool, got it. Let's move on. Um... <laughs> There was you could say let's move on almost constantly you're right I, I do like bits like the fact that the guy at one point is, is just sat fucking whittling with his stove next to him but he's still got an electric door it just <laughs> <laughs> I, look I mean again it kind of feels like Zack Snyder doing is a bunch of influences what do you think about this Netflix Goes into the algorithm. Algorithm agrees. Make it. Um, I, you know, the fact that he's talking about like spin-offs and video games and like a whole universe and whatnot. Why? There's there's not that much. I, I don't know. Why? It Cool, man. It's Seven Samurai. Yeah. With some cyberpunky elements. And Jenna Malone is a fucking spider. Cool. It's got very Babylon Five kind of vibes at points. This fucking movie. Yeah. Like just the aesthetic. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it's nerdy as fuck. You know, which I, it, which is fine. No, I, I mean, cheap. It looks cheap at uh, points. Wh- the Jenna Malone bit looks cheap as uh, fuck. No, that's true. I, look, I mean, it, it's got high, kind of like kind of like Chronicles of Riddick vibes to it. You know, I, and it, it's. I mean, good on Zack Snyder for getting Netflix to give him the money for this, but it just it. You know, it, it just, it feels like a perfectly meh blockbuster that at least you get to watch in the comfort of your own home. But saying that, if they give some of the band of um, rebels that are introduced through the course of the film more time next time, because that's one thing that wound me up. Like Basically, they get a scene where they're all introduced and then you barely hear from any uh, from them again for the rest of the fucking film. Can I just point out, though, for a movie that's, like, six hours long or whatever the fuck it is, you don't know anything about any of these people. No, no, exactly. Until Ed Screen does his fucking exposition. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, like, what have they been doing with their time? Like, that nemesis woman. Slow-mo, that's what? Fucking slow-mo. Like, that nemesis woman. They go there, and then it's, all right, she fights Jenna Malone's spider... All right, then, yeah, I'll come. I don't even remember them having a conversation with her. No, I, I was reading, like, something about it afterwards, and it was, like, cyborg, assassin, nemesis. I was like, what? She's a fucking cyborg. She? It does not get into that. Yeah. She gets stabbed in the arm by one of Jim uh, Malone's long legs, um, and it's just like a cyborg arm, isn't it? Yeah, but lots of people have bionic arms. What? It's a thing. Uh, it, it doesn't explain that she's an entire cyborg. Is she? 
Apparently. All of that. I don't think it is. I think it's a bit of a ghost in the shell kind of thing. I mean, that's that's not what you think it is. Look. I don't think it is, babe. Uh, look, I mean, basically, if they're setting up a better second part, then great. I just feel like... I mean, apparently the, the R-rated version of this part is better. Oh, I'm sure... And, you know, again with that. All right, it's a 15... This is a 15 in the UK. There's a somewhat gnarly attempted rape early on. You know, like it... Oh, when the cartoon villains try to, to rape that girl. Yeah. I mean, I do props on, on Snyder for essentially going, huh... These people have just landed here and have decided to take over this farming community and then are just going to, you know, decide to just rape the natives. I'm going to make them South African and white. Mm. It was a bit, fucking hell is that? That's on the nose. Mm. <laughs> uh, look, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, what's what's the point in doing a, a, a separate cut? Just do, do your R-rated cut, mate. Like... Mm. 13-year-olds are still going to yeah. fucking watch it on Netflix. You know That's what I mean? <laughs> There's no yeah. parent on Netflix sitting down and going, oh, hang on a minute, kids. That number in the corner says it's it's a 15 plus. Sorry, you can't watch this. They're going to go, oh, come on, Trimble Moon Dad. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 but yeah, there you go. Like, it, 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 I, I'm out of touching cloth with it, you know. And I, I to be fair... That's more charitable than I, I thought it was going to be an hour in. Uh, but, I, yeah, there, there you go. What do you guys think of it? Even though I think, think we kind of know. But yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I've said most of what I think about it. it mm. if, if you can't... If you have to release a longer version of this to do something with the, with the time... Apparently it's not and longer And it's this long anyway... It, it, it's an R-rated cut, so it's just a... It's, it's the... It's different stuff. Isn't it like three hours? I heard it was three yeah, hours. Yeah, it's three, three hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If you can't... If you can't tell something in the amount of time this fucking film has, you are doing something wrong. This, this would have made a really great TV series. I can't argue with that. Ugh. No, it would, though. Because it's ploddy, like a TV series has to be. To fit to fill its time, but the thing is, this isn't. It's a movie. You're not filling time. You try to tell a story. Fucking do it. It's 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 just bad filmmaking. Can't argue with that. You know, and I don't know. It 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 gives me um a bit bad vibes. Bad Snyder vibes. Given that um, this is this long and he does nothing with it, and he's saying, "Oh yeah, well, I need the the longer version," and it's like, "What are you just going to do this for everything? You're just going to release movies that are badly received and then release a six-hour fucking version of them because you're going to get your rabid fans to scream, release the uh, Snyder really cut like... and everything." I love the Snyder cut. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. I've watched it like three I times. Mean, that, the, the thing is, there was different things. Yeah, no, I know, but it's like. This is a long movie as it is. Yeah, they, they should have just released the the, the should Snyder should have just released the Snyder cut of this movie yeah. on Netflix. That would have been fine. I think that the, the the thing that pissed me off about it, I was alright with it. I was a bit like, oh, this is ploddy. It's not really doing much. Blah blah. 
The bit that, that really annoyed me was the absolute fucking disrespect for the audience of that I'd screen, um, scrying, whatever the fuck it is, however you say it, exposition dump when he's captured them all. He's just like, oh, ho, 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 I see we've got blah, blah, blah. She did blah, 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 blah. And she's captured for blah, 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 blah. This guy is blah, blah, blah. He's wanted for blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, you could have done that conversationally throughout the movie. Drop, drop my biggest issue going forward with it is going to be... It's Sophia Boutella's pouty, pouty face. It, it, it's it's not that. She's got a cool gun, though. It's it's fine. It's <laughs> just an oversized gun. <laughs> it's got loads of carvings on it. <laughs> right, my issue with it is that... that we're now... that Going into Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scavenger... The only character I still give a shit about is... Is it Jimmy? Is it is Jimmy. The rest of them don't fucking care. You know, Sophia Batella it is just not very good. She's just... I. The only thing that I'm looking at with Sophia Batella when I watched it, is going... The, 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 the main positive I get out of it is, do you know what? At least it's not Gal Gadot. Mm. It is about the main positive I can give for that. Mm. Um, Ray Fisher is just... I mean, when he's giving that inspirational speech, I was genuinely thinking, I am struggling to not fall asleep. You are so boring. And I said to you, didn't I, when we were watching it, like the bit where he goes and sacrifices himself, it's like, you've not really introduced him at all. Like, nobody's had a chance to get attached to him. I don't fucking care if yeah, he dies. Yeah, there is an element of, of when he was doing it, I was going, I can't, who is he again? And that girl who is, is, is really clearly very attached to him for some reason that isn't explained, he's there just fucking screaming. And it's oh, like, the short-haired girl. Yeah. 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 Which at one point I was thinking, I, I, I got a little bit mixed up and went, wait, is that the, the, the boy from earlier that's helped stop the... Re- no, it's a different person. They just look the same. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to come with you, won't I, Darian? Because who else is going to make sure you get back alive? And it's like, they're doing this bants thing. Like, we have a relationship with them as a viewer. We don't. Yeah, we don't like, we've only just fucking s- met you. Still not sure what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. She's called uh, um, Milius. Yeah, but like, so now we're left with... Yeah, um... Do you remember as Titus? You know, I'm alright with that. But I am just thinking, so you're basically just the character that you played in Gladiator. So you've got that, that's fine. But then the rest of you, you don't care about. I can't look at, what's his name? Um, Star Nair without thinking, yep, yeah, you're Native American Matt Dillon. Is, is he oh, the one who has his shirt off all the time? Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I enjoy him not having his shirt on, though. I mean, fair enough. And he's got magnificent hair. But, but... He's the only character I actually really like. I just, Even Charlie Hunnam I didn't really like, because his voice puts me off. I liked Hunnam in it. The thing is, Hunnam's now dead, but not in the rest of it. Yeah. And he was literally the only one of that crop of fucking... You know, the, the, the fact that it's the Magnificent Seven... And then there's him, so you're going, well, basically one of these people has the, mm. it, it, it is a bad dude, because then it makes the magnificent sense. I, I did oh, like God. that he was Han Solo, but actually was a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. I think Charlie Hunnam needs to go to a voice coach 
and just have like a reset no, and he, have like a bass accent. No, he, he went to a voice coach for this, right? And that's what no. he came out with. Don't, don't let me speak. Um, and did like a full accent. And then apparently, <laughs> um, when they test screened it, Snyder said, nobody can understand the fucking words you're saying, we need to redo it. Because he did such a Belfast accent that American audiences just couldn't hear to it at all. So that, that it's basically just, it's overdubbed. So what, what I mean though is a voice coach needs to work with him to just come up with a neutral accent that he can then use as a base point to put other right, accents Right, because he's got a butt accent. It's, it's just, it is. It's a mongrel of an accent. Like when you hear him in interviews, it's like, what, what even are you? Are you it, even it, speaking like real words? It is like he speaks with five different accents At all the once. time. <laughs> it's quite right. funny. He just needs a neutral accent setting up. No, I'm fine with him continuing doing this and just wrecking people's head on the internet all the time. <laughs> and, and everyone's shouting, why is he talking like that? He's a Geordie. No, he's not. He's just not. Is he not? <laughs> no. He, even he's addressed this and said, I don't know where people get this from. I was born in, <laughs> just outside London, moved to Newcastle, lived there about eight years, and then moved to the Lake District. Don't know why everyone thinks I'm a Geordie. Yeah. Um, it's the thing is it both looks impressive and crap at the same time mm. like there's bits where you go do you know what there's so much detail gone into every single frame of the screen yeah um, that is there but then you are going but then there's so much detail gone into everything but the story there's a there's a little bit of a avataringness to it at points, hmm. where it's there's so much emphasis on how visually rich and world building it is that it, it forgets to actually have a fucking story. Yeah, and like you said, Ian, and I think you said there, there's zero originality to it at all. Hmm. It, it is, it's. It's very much Zack Snyder had an idea for Star Wars. Star Wars didn't want Zack Snyder, so Netflix decided to let him make it. And it was basically, what if Star Wars and Seven Samurai were a thing? Yeah. And, but if in two weeks' time the three-hour R-rated cut drops, I will watch it. And I will watch the next one. So, I more mean, fucking for me. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's the thing. It's not the worst thing I've seen this year. God, no. I enjoyed it. It is too long. But I, the fact that it's part one. But this is another bit here. It's, <coughs> it's made for Netflix. Not getting any cinematic release or anything like that. Right? So, if part... If this is part one and part two comes out and that's three hours long, why not just have them all be two hours long and do three? Mm. Mm. Release them simultaneously as a limited series of really long episodes. Oh, <laughs> yes, because then it, it doesn't matter that it feels like part one because part two's right there. I wouldn't have watched Fear Street if it was three TV episodes. Yes, Did it but, Mark, Fear Street works as three standalone movies. Yeah. 
this doesn't work as a standalone movie. Fuck all happens. Well, we'll wait and see, won't we? No, no, that's not how it works. If it works as a standalone movie. You don't have to wait and see, it's right there. Then my argument would be The Lord of the Rings, the first one doesn't work as a standalone movie. It's got a beginning, a middle and an end. No, it's it doesn't, it's a... still fucking walking. And, no, you're wrong. Oh, God, and it does actually bring up fucking Lord of the Rings. This movie suffers from the same fucking thing as that bullshit does. What? Not knowing when to fucking end. I mean, we'll, we'll, let's give let's give the second Hobbit movie a lot of credit for the fact that it just fucking stops. <laughs> but this crew done that. That would have been more interesting mm. than. I, I mean, let's face it, the end is great. It's fucking Jimmy just fucking just gone fucking full man. Just stood there going, the fuck with fucking antlers on his head. Yeah, he stuck them on there. Yeah, he's found them and yeah. stuck them on there. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm only I, the only thing I'm a little bit sad about is that he's not still wearing his flower garland. Oh, and with he's, his he's got that somewhere. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's fucking got that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, second way, Jimmy, and it's a two-star film. Uh, it's. I mean, it's shit, but with an honourable <laughs> mention for Jimmy. I'm. Where am I on it? I'm not quite. I'm touching cloth on it. No, it's shit. <laughs> I reserve the right to to revise that when number two comes out if it completely changed my mind. But as it stands, it's shit. Ian, uh, touching cloth. Yeah, I oh. think as well. It's partly disappointment that's making me more angry with it because I it looked good, and it's not. Well, our audience poll. This is fair enough. Definitely not shit. Fifty percent shit. Fifty percent. There you go. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Ian. Hi. How did you Christmas? Oh, there's a question. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, did the usual, went round the in-laws and whatnot. Um, big hit of the Christmas was the uh, the VR headset we got for Lottie slash me, kind of. Uh, the, the MetaQuest 2. Not the MetaQuest 3. We got the one that's uh, been out for a few years now. Um, but yeah, quite the hit. Um, the in-laws uh, playing Beat Saber, which is a rhythm game where you've basically got these lightsabers and you've got to smash these blocks. Um, and you feel like a god when you're doing well. Um I did. I sent a, a, a video in the boy chat. I think I put it on Instagram. Actually, I'd had a few of me doing a sped up version of um, "Faint" by Linkin Park, which was uh, very, very intense. It was um, very intense. Yeah, yeah. You get quite the sweat on doing it. Um, also, Lottie and I have been playing a VR game called "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes," where. Um, it's it's fun actually. So the person with the headset on has this bomb in front of them, and there's all sorts of different kind of bits on the bomb, and then the people outside the helmet, uh, that, that, not wearing the helmet, um, like you could, there's a manual just on their website, and then you've basically it's kind of like communication. So the person's got with the headsets on, got to describe what they're seeing. And then the people without the headset then have to interpret that and kind of read out the instructions. So, for instance, like there could be like some wires on it, 
and you've got to ask them how many wires and then it's like if there are no red wires then uh, if there are no red wires and more than two batteries on the bomb then cut the fourth wire or something like that so you've got to kind of yeah like i say communicate with the person it's fun but it's also quite stressful it's like three strikes and you're out and you only get like five minutes to complete a round and um lottie and i literally completed one last night with 0.22 seconds left and uh like that that so that was that was really fun um so yeah it's um it's been it's been a bit of a bit a bit of a hit um there's this iron man vr game as well that came out for the psvr a few years back and it's on this now as well which i think i might try out i also played a little bit of resident evil 4 vr on it and that's the um so it's a vr version of the old resident evil 4 not the new one on psvr 2 there is a vr mode for the new one but this is this is the old one and it's uh it's it's pretty stressful um where someone's coming at you and you've literally got to reach down grab ammo get your gun and then stick the ammo in the gun while someone's coming at you but then when you're able to do that and then just pop off a few shots in their head it's pretty great um like i it, 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 yeah i mean and the, the thing is i mean this is vr without wires as well like it's all in the headset and then it uses um cameras in the headset to work out where the where the hand controllers are so it, it you know it, it's yeah like i say completely free free of wires which i've not tried before and that's pretty great so uh yeah that that was a, a real hit and i could see us doing quite a a lot of stuff on that so uh that that was good um but yeah, beyond beyond that, uh, am I doing kind of like what I've been up to generally as well? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so I finished Brawn, the Incredible Formula One story, I think it's called, uh, or the Impossible Formula One story, which is that uh, four-part series on uh, Disney+, Plus, hosted yeah. by Keanu Reeves, um, t- telling the story of Brawn GP, which essentially Honda pulled out of F1... And like all like the, the the people in the UK, but like who were on the team, basically tried to scrabble around to um to to, to make an F one team to basically keep people in work. And um, you know, spoiler alert for real life, um, they ended up the one season they were born GP before they got bought by Mercedes and turned into what the Mercedes team is now. Um, they won the Drivers and Constructors Championship. It was the season that Jensen Button won. Um, so it's it, it's an interesting it's an interesting series. It, it's got a lot of what I like about F one in terms of like the the engineering challenge and then the politics that come with that. So I won't get into the details, but there there was this thing that they did on the car that other teams didn't, and it made them really fucking fast. And then, uh, like, uh, uh, some other teams basically took them to, like, the sports court of arbitration to argue that the design was illegal and that basically they should have all their, like, initial, like, four or five results chucked out. Uh, So you got that kind of politicking. But also uh, the teams are all um, banding together against the ex, like, head of Formula One, Bernie Ecclestone, um, who was a cunt, uh, or is a cunt, he's still alive. Um... And, um, yeah, they're banding uh, together against him. 
Um, they're like for, threatening to form a breakaway league, and then he's basically dangling a bunch of money that Braun haven't had yet in front of them, saying, "If you don't, if you don't side with me, I'm not going to give you this money." So there's quite a lot of stuff like play, like playing out, but it's all about the survival of this company and just keeping people in jobs. Um, you know, there's uh, this one pit guy um, who left the team because he didn't think there was going to be a team like he thought it was just going to go bust became a plumber and then uh their their main pit stop guy was so like so shit that they had to call him back and just convince him to work weekends with them while he was a plumber during the week and you know this is this is like a team that won the formula one title and they've got this guy who's like a plumber in his in his day job, like working for them. It, it's it's wild stuff. Um, and Keanu Reeves is a really good interviewer as well. Um, like he is. He did, he did that um, that side by side side by side. Yeah, a really good film documentary. Yeah, exactly. And it's like he really teases stuff out of people, and it's like Bernie Eccleston definitely kind of like lets his guard down in front of him, and you know, like Keanu, like they kind of just. He's kind of like just hoisted by his own batard in terms of words and stuff. Like he's a really, really fucking horrible piece of work. Is Bernie Eccleston? So does he have nothing to do with Formula One, Martin? No, no. Um, his interest got bought out by uh, Liberty Media, who um, basically now are the like the, responsible for all the commercials of Formula One. Um, so yeah, he's he's completely out of the business now. Um, and probably the be the better for it. It's interesting, like Liberty Media and the um, uh, the Formula International Association, the FIA, have some real fucking ding dongs from time to time. But um, there's some real com like conflicts between the two parties' interests there. Um, and there there's there's scuttlebutt that maybe they'll break away again. But like the commercial people will side with the teams and break away from the FIA. Uh, there's been some weird shit lately where, like, the FIA, based on a really bullshit, spurious, like, article on a, like, fucking dickhead Formula One website, basically said they were going to launch an investigation into um, the partner of the Mercedes boss um, uh, for conflict, like, basically supplying him with confidential information because she's the head of the F uh, F1 Academy, which is, like, the Women's League. Um, and it was at, based on absolutely nothing. They said that uh, a complaint had been lodged by one of the other teams and every single other team put out the exact same statement at the same time on all their social media channels saying, we haven't done shit. So you've got like the FIA basically just called out on their bullshit and um, now uh, Toto Wolf and his wife Susie Wolf are taking them to court. So it's like this w weird shit happening between the FIA and the, the, the teams and Liberty Media and it kind of feels like it could really kick off in the next couple of years. It's going to be interesting to see where, see where that goes. Um, and that's the thing about Formula One. It's racing and it's all an engineering challenge and how you find just like thousands of a second quicker than your opponents. But there's also shit loads of soap opera. And, and and I I you know I just I enjoy that as well. And we'll just mention while I'm talking about this the um, present that Mark got me for Christmas. <laughs> um, 
which um, it, I, I put it on my Instagram. But um, Mark got me book one of a 69-part Daniel Ricardo romance series um, called Overtake My Heart, uh, which um, Donna uh, wants to read but doesn't want to put it on her Goodreads. um so we're a little bit stuck there um an absolutely incredible gift made all the better by the fact that you had had it fucking gift wrapped by amazon for me um well like put in a gift bag which is just uh absolutely world-class stuff well done have you started reading it yet Ian, or are you waiting uh Waiting for some alone time. I'm waiting for yeah. I'm waiting for some alone time. It's going to get me um, steamed up in January. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, moving on from that to um, films, uh, I'm going to bang through uh, the the Christmas ones because I, I, I don't want to talk about them because it's past Christmas, so nobody needs to talk about Christmas anymore. Um, so, um, I think I talk. Did I talk about Scrooge the last time? I can't remember. No, I don't think I did. Uh, rewatched Scrooged. Um, Bill Murray, top form. Great film. Uh, Arthur Christmas, a little bit too long in the middle third, but I think it's quite charming. Black Christmas. I will just stop briefly on Black Christmas. So I imported the 4K from the, uh, from the US because it's not available in the UK. Um, it kind of looks like shit even though it's in 4K, but you kind of expect that. It kind of, it feels appropriate. There is an audio commentary from Billy on it, which I literally thought was just going to be like an hour and a half of someone doing obscene phone call stuff. Probably would have been better. Um, it's just like, I, I, I watched like the first few minutes, like while the opening credits are going on. It's just someone making really bad jokes about the cast members but in the voice of Billy, but it's not just say, it's not just someone saying really disturbing stuff and have that for an hour and a half. If you're going to do, if you're going to do that, yeah. just have it be an audio track of someone going, Hey, you're a little piggy. You're a little piggy. <laughs> But it's not that. So I was disappointed by that. But yeah, Black Christmas. Uh, Die Hard. Uh, watched it while I was on the elliptical in the gym the other day. Uh, Die Hard is Die Hard. Die Hard is great. Home Alone. Um, Home Alone. Just weirdly very, very watchable, that film. Like, it, it, doesn't... it really is, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 you'd think that Home Alone is like a 90 minute movie. And it isn't. It's like a, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of, yeah, it flies. It's interesting that. Uh, Christmas Vacation, obviously, um, was absolutely mortified to learn that there's a Christmas Vacation 2 focused on Eddie. Um, yeah. Never seen it, never will. Um, no. Nope. Uh, also watched um, Amazon MGM Studios' Your Christmas or Mine 2. Right. I downloaded this to watch it on my lunch. Mm. And... And an issue that I have, because I download a lot to watch my lunch, I don't have very good signal um, where I work, so I have to have them download I can't really stream. Um, so, if app developers are going to have it so you can download things so you don't need to stream them, stop having it mm. that you have to have internet connection to activate the app. Yeah. Oh, that's dumb. 
it's very annoying. But also, that film, I downloaded that and the sequel um, to watch. When you downloaded that on Amazon, it only downloads the first 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Why? I have no idea. Cause, because it's Amazon and they are literally the, the company equivalent of, I'll buy the cheapest one, it'll be fine. Mm. So, mm. I've not seen the first one. Um, but um, Donna has, so she kind of filled me in. Basically, um, he's rich, she's not, they get together. Um, there you go. Second one, um, the families have come together to spend uh, Christmas in Austria, um, but they uh, stay, they get sent to the wrong hotels. So the, uh, the working class family end up in the really nice resort, and the posh family end up in this rundown piece of shit place. Uh, hilarity ensues. Um, I, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I, I, I thought it was charming enough for the for the time of year. Asa Butterfield's the uh, the guy, and uh, yeah. Cora Kirk is uh, the the girl. She's been it. She's got four things on Letterboxd. Uh, these, <laughs> yeah, two of them are these, and one of them's that Pray for the Devil, that horror film from a couple of years ago. So, I don't know, good on Cora Kirk. And she's, like, she and Aza Butterfield are quite nice together, actually. Um, and, hey, I mean, Jane Krakowski's in this, uh, plays his dad's new fiance, and she's fun. Uh, Daniel Mays is um, the girl's dad, and he's good value. Um, you know, it's mildly amusing. Um, it's exactly, you know, it's quite depressing that Amazon are now just putting Amazon MGM Studios on fucking everything that they, they put out. Yeah. Um, but hey, such is such is the way of the film industry right now. Uh, it was disconcerting seeing the art for art's sake lion come at the start of your Christmas or mine too. Um, but <laughs> hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like I say, charming enough. You know, if I never watch it again, fine. Um, but considering it only came out a, a year after the, the, the first one, doesn't necessarily seem all that rushed. So, there you go. Um, and a film that was not rushed at all. Uh, as we said earlier on, I went to see The Boy and the Heron. So, uh, you know, we'll, I, I think we'll talk about this more in the weeks ahead. Um, Robert Pattinson is doing a voice here that you would think was Willem Dafoe, apart from the fact that Willem Dafoe voices someone else in the film. Um, it is it is incredible that Robert Pattinson apparently just like heard the Japanese dub and was just like, yeah, I'll do that. And I mean, it, it's literally like, I'll be your guide. You know, it's like, what the fuck? You would not, tell that it's robert pattinson it's an astonishing vocal performance to be honest um but yeah look um kind of incomprehensible at times if i'm honest um basically um a kid moves to the country with um his dad his mum died um in like i think world war ii bombings a couple years ago uh, the dad is now um, uh, getting uh, married to uh, her, the, the dead mum's sister, and she is pregnant. Um, and um, she goes missing, and the uh, which seems to be at the behest of the the heron, um, as voiced by Robert Pattinson. 
and uh, he kind of has to go on a quest to um, get her back, basically. Um, and yeah, <coughs> the last third of this, I didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, Lottie had theories all over the shop at the end of it. Um, like, like she was pretty invested, to be fair. Uh, no, no, it was good. It was good. Um, and I never thought I was going to be able to um, see a new Miyazaki in the cinema with her. So it's kind of wild, actually. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk more about it, because I, I, I am keen to see what you guys thought, but it's not my favourite Miyazaki, and I, you know, I don't think it's an, it's not a five-star banger, like I say, there's, apparently Miyazaki has said, like, even bits of it don't, don't make sense to him, um, and I, I, I don't, it's a film that is, like, very, very strong on vibes, and it's like the setup <laughs> is simple enough. And then when he initially goes on his quest, it's kind of simple and then quickly becomes not so. Um, and yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. The film was originally titled How Do You Live? And I think that's actually a more appropriate title than The Boy and the Heron. Like The Heron is a relatively large part of the film and is kind of like the catalyst for kicking off the story. But the the idea of um uh, the the idea of how you get through living with grief and just like what life does to you is what the film is really about and that it it, it but it, it, it's it, it there's very strong kind of fable tones to the film so i kind of get why it's called the boy in the heron because that just sounds like a, a classic fable but i think yeah. how do you live is actually a way more appropriate title for the film um but yeah i mean like the the english dub is 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 very good as well i'm almost i i, I think i'd watch it subtitled next time round just to see if maybe the direct translation of the japanese dialogue is makes more sense yeah, perhaps. Mm. But Miyazaki is, um, mm. is the same as Guillermo del Toro, isn't he? In the fact that he does the translations himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting one. I'll be, I'm keen to see what you guys make of it. It, I'm, glad, I'm really, really glad he made it. Like, I'm really, really glad he made it. It's like a, it's like a 4.5 out of 5 for me. It, it, it is... There's some astonishing animation in it as well. There's some stuff early on where um, he, the boy's like running through some fire to try and get to a hospital where his um, where his mum is, and uh, the place has just been bombed out. And the way that it kind of like shows running through fire um, and like what's happening in the background as he's running is like stuff I've never seen before. It's really really cool. Um, but then there's also some really familiar kind of Miyazaki character designs as well. And then the Heron, who... I, I, I won't spoil things, but in like the first half of the film, he's up there with Godzilla as just a fucking grade A prick. And you love <laughs> to see it. Like, he's such a dickhead. Uh, you know, and then the, the story kind of evolves from there. But, um, yeah. Honestly, right, <laughs> just the Robert Pattinson vocal performance is wild and good on him. And then when Willem Dafoe shows up later on, 
I actually thought for a second, is that Pattinson voicing that character as well? And it was like, actually, no, hang on. I know Willem Dafoe is in this. He must be voicing this character. Um, and it, it's it's great. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk more about it. But, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a Pat show, and it was a really nice, good, solid couple of hours with my daughter. So, yeah, good stuff. Oh, nice. nice. Well, yeah. I think we're seeing it in literally like 10 days and things like that. Mm. Yes. Nice. And that's me. Becky, what did you Christmas? What did I Christmas? Yeah. Um, I, I, I Christmas Christmas dinner. We did Christmas dinner, yeah. Yeah. Or cooking Boxing Day better? No cooking. It was well, less cooking on Boxing Day, yes. yes. Um, yeah. Um, Christmas was yeah. We 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 try and fit in certain hit certain beats, don't we, for Christmas of things that we that we like to do regularly, which yeah. Um, we majority of them manage to. Yeah, we have breakfast, and then while we're open presents, we have jingle all the way on in the background, don't we? We do. Just we do. to keep Mark entertained. And we watch Home Alone Christmas afternoon usually, don't we? Yeah. Which we did. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess the, the the biggie is I. Some some fucking idiot directly disobeyed orders and got a PS Five, didn't he? I did. Yeah, we did set. A budget for each other, didn't we? Of, of, of 50 pounds. Mm. And you went over, didn't you? What? You, you went significantly more over. I, I, I went marginally over and felt naughty about it. You just fucking ignored it completely. And you got a PS5 and Alan Wake 2, didn't you? I did. I did. And how are you enjoying the PS5 and Alan Wake 2? Right, so just a couple of things on the PlayStation 5 initially. Yeah. Astro's Playroom is fucking fun. <laughs> I platinumed that bad boy. <laughs> um, I know it's basically a tutorial for like, this is how you use your new controller. But, yeah. It's, well, actually... it's a fun way of tutorial. Exactly, exactly. Um, really confuses me that it turns off in a different way than the PS4 does. Oh, like, yeah, really? Yeah, because on the PS4, you, like, long press your PS button, don't you? And then go to enter rest mode. Yeah. With the pl- with the PS5, uh, yeah. if you long press the button, it just takes you randomly on a on a journey <laughs> that you can never get back from. You have to, like, short press the PlayStation button to get to the bit, and then you have to scroll all the way along to the end. Yeah, like that, almost like, that, almost like they've upgraded something to make it more difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... Yeah, I had to actually Google how do I turn off the PS5. <laughs> um, I had to Google something else stupid as well. Is it something to do with the controller? God, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the Alan Wake Two. Fucking weird. So we <laughs> right. So me and. Me and Isabel had watched um, a movie that I will I will mention later um, that has the song "Murder on the Dance Floor" in it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so all the way through the first section, me and Isabel just sat there going, singing "I'm a big old naked fat guy" to the tune of "It's Murder on the Dance Floor." I'm not going to say. I'm a big old naked fat guy. Exactly, exactly. And I just walked out a lake. 
Oh, well, then Isabel adapted it to include an extra line when he got, like, murderised. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a... That was a bit of a um, random one, playing as a big old, like, fat guy. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, it's still a really new game, so I don't want to discuss plot points too much, but... Um, it's just real nice being back in in it in the same like locations and stuff and there's a lot of um same or similarly named characters um so given that i only played alan wake recently it all still feels really familiar um but i like the fact obviously it's a direct continuation from what happened in the first game Mm. but it's just there's a big old fucking gap because everyone went missing that was like relevant to it um it looks fantastic the um i tried the thing that you said about doing um changing the picture quality oh yeah 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 um so it was already in like prioritized picture okay right um, yeah so i just changed it a few times backwards and forwards so i could see what was different and it is just like little extraneous kind of bits that are in the prioritised picture bit aren't in performance, like beer bottles mm. on the floor and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't noticed that performance wasn't great, so I've just left it on that one. Yeah, that's a big... Uh, yeah, I think the, the, the uh, prioritised graphics, is de- little picture, is definitely... Yeah, I think it's a perfectly decent way to go. It's like it's not a particularly fast-moving game. I think maybe if you're in combat, you might want to like have it in like 60 frames per second i think it might be easier to deal with there but i just think it's a really fucking good looking game it really is yeah yeah oh the the bit in the at the talk show fucking you were watching the football i think weren't you on your ipod over there with your headphones on I was, yeah. and i gesticulated wildly to to watch the bit with the talk show because it's yeah real yeah i looked over it was like wait is that graphics or is that real? I don't know, what's, I don't know what real life is anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, ne- that, was, that was weird. Next, next week we'll talk about the bit I've been alluding to for a while, which I think, yeah, Mark already knows about. He's seen a video of it, um, if Mark remembers. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, be interesting to see what you make of that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, playing as Alan now. Um just he's awake now he's awake um yeah i'm just at the i've just got into the subway station basically how far okay, did you get into cool. it Ian? um i'm a few hours ahead of that but i haven't played it much uh, much of late did you keep it in the end well it's downloaded yeah 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 oh, yeah no, yeah yeah yeah, couldn't get my money back on it. <laughs> um, played too much of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, Sony were just like, no, you got <laughs> your rights, no. So there you are. Fair. What What was the reason for discontinuing? Oh, because I mean, like I've picked it back up again now, but it just it, it fucking weird weirds me out too much. Like I can only really play that game in the daytime, and there's not many daytimes that I can play the game. 
Get, do you know what time I played it till last night? Oh, God. Like, three? No, worse. Oh, God. I went to bed what? at half past four. Of course you fucking did. Jesus <laughs> wept. Uh, not much point going to bed at that point, really, was there? No, not really. That's wild. Good times. It's very exciting. Fair play to you. Good on you. Might do the same tonight with you going to bed early. Yeah, just don't wake me up that early because I'll fucking kill you. I won't, but what I'll do is I'll wait till you get up for work and then I'll come to bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, what have you been watching the next? What have I been watching? Loads of Christmas shit and I'm not going to go into it because Christmas shit. So since we chatted last, Christmas stuff is Die Hard, banger. Christmas Vacation, banger. Nightmare Before Christmas, it's fine. Christmas Chronicles, it's filler. It's a Wonderful Life, god tier. Uh, All these, by the way, I have watched as well, so I'm just going to delete them out of my list. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Jingle All the Way and Home Alone, Christmas Day movies. Me and Isabel watched Muppet Christmas Carol as well on Christmas Day. I'd, all films should have Muppet versions. I'd really enjoy that. If AI wants to do something productive to make people like it, just do Muppet versions of every film. Well, can't the Muppets just do Muppet versions of every I, film? I feel like people's hands would get tired. I don't think they do them all at the same time. No, 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 I want them all now. Immediately. I was seeing that Duncan Jones was pitching an idea for doing a Muppet version of The Thing. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, I was just thinking, that's a really good idea. <laughs> Um, so on my own slash with Isabel I have watched a few so I watched Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children yep how's that all about it's alright I really enjoyed that yeah it's it's in the I would put it in the sort of Spiderwick Chronicles category of kid films yeah in that it's a bit creepy it's probably not great for really young kids quirky but it's good it's Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children can't really short on that one Peregrine's go with that um missy peas missy peas um yeah yeah it's really good i, I just literally has just like slipped from like everyone's radar hasn't it a little bit yeah mm. weird one um so me and isabel watched salt burn um, the most disturbing film ever. <laughs> yeah, but even his would admit that a lot of people from my generation are just massive pussies. Yeah. Um. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't dislike it for any. It was disturbing. <coughs> I just didn't think it was very good. Fair. All right. Disagree with you. Barry Keoghan looks like, you know when you see like old school American teen shows, like Arthur fucking Fonzarelli and he looks 40 and everyone else looks like, well, they all look older as well, but yeah. He is 31 years old. He fucking looks it. Why? I agree with you on that. Well, you are incorrect. He's got fucking wrinkles. Right. He's supposed to be playing a fucking uni student. Yeah. I've seen some uni students. I've worked with some uni students. Some look old as fuck. Um, so that pulled me out of it quite a lot. Um, yeah, Jacob Lord is fine. 
me and Isabel got... I think the thing that me and Isabel... The things that me and Isabel probably enjoyed most about this film was the fact that... Um, What's her face? Kerry Mulligan is actually credited as poor dear Pamela. <laughs> That's her character's name. Um, and that fucking dance thing at the end is meant yeah. him just dancing around the house. But yeah, it just it just was a bit just really inconsequential. There's a few good bits, but mm, was expecting more. Um, I, I I will say sorry just on Saltburn quickly. I like how the press on that has pivoted from talking about it being awards hopeful to Emerald Fennell set like explains why he had to be naked at the end of Saltburn. Like it's just like now turned into just you got to see it for like the shock value as opposed yeah. to any kind of like real worth about it. And I say that as someone who likes Saltburn. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the pivot has been interesting there. Mm. Well, Isabel's Isabel's take on it was horny Merseysider takes apart rich family. Yeah, that's it basically. Though yeah. it's not really worthy of my time, and no. I think that's everything that I've watched on my own. So I, I'll jump in. We'll segue nicely. Okay. Um, we watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I'd seen and you hadn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Do you know what? It's fine. I quite enjoyed it. It's great. I don't like Phoebe Waller-Bridge still, and she's kind of insufferable in this. But, yeah, I, th- I think it, it works. If you... If you were going to rank the Indiana Jones movies, it wouldn't be at the bottom, is what I will say for it. I I enjoyed the rewatch of it. I enjoyed it first time round. I enjoyed it more, I think, this time round. Mm. Um, weirdly, I quite enjoyed Freely Waller Bridge in it when I first watched it. This time, her inherent... Arrogance? Yeah, smugness. Mm. Um, that, that, that just comes with her existence as like a birthright um, <laughs> it, that kind of made me go hmm nah, could do with your character every other character has a flaw within them oh. and she doesn't seem to really and it just felt a little bit hmm mm. um, but yeah but I, I enjoyed it and it, it, it's it's a two and a half hour movie that I thought on rewatch kind of it zips by quite nicely. Yeah. Do you know, and I think if something of this ilk, if this movie had been released not long after the original trilogy, mm. people wouldn't even fucking question it. But people have raised the Indiana Jones movies up and up and up onto this fucking pedestal like they're like masterpieces. And they're not. They're fun family movies. I mean, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a bit of a family masterpiece. Yeah, family masterpiece though. It's not. It's not like a poignant work of cinema. It's no, a fun family no. movie, and as is this. The only real kind of fucking shit one in the series is Crystal Skull, and that's because it goes away from it being about Nazis. We're back at Nazis again with this one. Yeah, we are back at Nazis. So you know, it's fine. It's back where it knows where it needs to be. Nazis. Yeah. Nazis, yeah. But yeah, it works. It feels tonally. That's like it. The I, old I think it, it feels like an Indiana Jones yeah. film, whereas Kingdom of the Crystal Skull feels a little bit more like a 
George Lucas version of an Indiana mm. Jones film, which mm. makes no sense because he wrote the original ones. <laughs> uh, I really do enjoy the fact that they just killed them off off screen. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like, let's just let's just sweep that under the rug. Yeah. Uh, what else I watched? So I watched a lot of the, the, the Christmas films that you mentioned there. Um, Are we doing the other one that we watched together before you? Oh yeah, we ones? did watch another one, didn't we? Yeah. Go on then. Um, yeah. So what was in between this and? Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. So we were trying to pick a film last night, but it had to be like not Christmassy because I think we were a bit Christmas out, were we? Yeah. Um, but also not too serious, yeah. not too long. There was there was lots of criteria, and we eventually narrowed it down to Stay Tuned and Hideaway, the 1995 Jeff Goldblum, uh, what's her face movie, Alicia Silverstone movie. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't really know what to say about this. No, I don't really. So basically, Jeff Goldblum dies, dies. and goes to like. The, the lobby of the afterlife. Yeah. Um, but at a similar time, a bad man who's a Satanist has killed his mum and sister. Played by Jeremy's sister. Um, and he also goes to the lobby of the afterlife. Yeah. But gets judged as evil. Yeah. Because he's a Satanist. Yeah. And he's just hanging around, like, in the lobby near the entrance to hell or something. Yeah. When Jeff Goldblum gets there and he, and he like, piggybacks back with him. Yeah somehow has a physical body again because I don't think he's just died. No, no, he has a physical body again. Yeah, no, but he's not just died, has nope. he? It's not like he goes back into his body. No. But they can share consciousnesses. Yeah. He just somehow gets his physical body back. Yeah. Not really explained. That don't really bit. explain that bit. Um but yeah, so he can see what Jeffy B is seeing and vice versa and develops a so he's like, he's a murderer. Serial killer, yeah. Serial killer. And then Jeff Goldblum starts having vision, visions of the murders. Yep. But then he sees one where a blonde girl gets killed and in his mind obviously goes, oh no, my daughter's blonde. And then in the vision, it changes to Alicia Silverstone and he goes, oh, Regina. And then the bad man goes, Regina. Ah. Mm. And then goes looking for her to kill her. Yep. And Jeffy B has to save him. And then at the end... At the end, Jeff Goldblum and Jeremy Sisto yeah. are fighting, but at the same time, you know, like in Big Trouble in Little China, where the big spirit guys are fighting as well, while the physical bodies are fighting. Yeah. So Jeff Goldblum's dead daughter, who's an angel, is fighting the devil demony guy that lives in Jeremy's sister above them. Yeah. It's wild. It's a real weird film, guys. <laughs> yeah. And all this sat me in a band at an amusement park for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's it called? Hide, Sorry. It's hideaway. It's hideaway. Hideaway. There's a post credit scene right. in that I knew about before we switched <laughs> it off, but I was too fucking what the fuck about the film to wait. Yeah. Nice. It's, yeah. It's. I mean, go for that. I always like the fact that, that every year new people discover that there is a post credits in Jingle All the Way. No, oh, it's there. I don't yeah, really remember that. There's a post credits in Jingle All the Way. Hmm. The way it gets to the end of it, 
And um, you know the bit in the film where Bill Hartman is putting the um, <laughs> angel on top of the star on top of the yeah. what's it? So the post credits of uh, Jingle Louise, um, Arnie putting the uh, the star on top of the what is it? No, uh, and it all been like a big family moment, and fucking what's his name? Jake Lloyd runs off, and Tom Hanks' wife turns around to uh, to Arnie and says, you know. Oh, if you went to all that trouble uh, to get blah blah's uh, Christmas present, uh, can't wait to see what you've got me. And then we get a fast camera zooming into Arnie, Arnie with face. Arnie doing a shot, Arnie, because <gasps> he's nice. forgotten to get her anything. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, That's me out. Over and out, guys. So I, I decided to watch Home Alone two this year. Don't really watch it. Um, Actually, it's not very good. It's not as good as the, as the first, no. It, it's fine, it's ha, fun. Isabel cried at the end of Home Alone. It's too long. It's two hours long. Yeah. It's too long. Um, I'm, do you know what I think it is that I don't like about uh, Home Alone 2? Is that the end of it, they're all in this big suite <coughs> at the plaza in New York because they've lost the kid again and they've had to come back and he's defeated the now sticky bandits again uh, and all this lot but because he's saved like like the money from Miss Duncan's toy store that's going to go to like these orphan kids like they wake up on Christmas morning and Mr Duncan has got them like a Christmas tree in the hotel and there's all of these free toys and I watched it going they're an incredibly rich family mm. And they're getting... They they have Christmas gifts. They're just at home. Yeah. They're just not yeah. with them there. And they're getting literally thousands of pounds of free Christmas gifts. Surely Mr. Duncan could have just given all of those to the orphans. Mm. And it kind of is a little bit like... Oh, nah, oh. fuck them. You've, 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 you've misjudged that there. Do you want to know one of the joys of having a 19-year-old socially woke child, Ian? Please. When when she comes home for Christmas, you will hear the phrase "late stage capitalism's to blame for all the world's problems" more than anything else out of her mouth. Great, great, yeah. yeah. All, all these. Uh, I mean, it is, but it, 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 I don't know. All I can ever think about when anybody talks about the wrongs of capital, the capitalism, which. A lot of the fucking podcasts I listen to is people just saying, well, you know, it's capitalism. Cool, man. What are you going to do about it then? Sweet. Like, what? What? what yeah, I don't know. Just There's not really a lot you of, can uh, do about it when you live in a capitalist society, though, is there? There's a lot of video game. There, there's a lot of video game podcasts, like, talking about all the layoffs and whatnot that's been in the video game industry this year. And there's there's been a shitload. And that is, you know, that is really, really bad. But just going like, oh, well, you know, it's just like the capitalist society we live in. It's late, late stage capitalism. Yeah, cool. Also, you know, I, I mean, if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, don't cover the games that these publishers put out. You know, like, if, if you're really actually going to do that, or are you just going to, you're just going to say that and sound like you're doing the right thing but they're not actually actually do anything about it and i get that you're not because you you know you might work for sites that rely on these people for content and 
uh, potentially advertising money and things like that. I, it, it, you know, I mean, that sounds kind of it. It sounds kind of defeatist, um, and it, it, maybe it is, but it's like I don't know. Like, unless <laughs> society just fucking revolts, I don't know. I don't know what you do. It, it's I, I, I don't know. I just take such a grin and bear it mentality, and I'm really not looking forward to Lottie like saying this kind of stuff because I'll be like, yeah, kid, I'm like, I, 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 ideologically, I'm with you, but what are you going to do about it? But then my point there would be if nobody did anything about anything, then it would be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, no, when you're right, but it, it just, I, there's, 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 you know, I, you know, there's, there's certain things we can't do about it, but then there is also a, well, we also shouldn't just roll over and let our bellies be tickled. No, 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 yeah, but it's like, okay, well, don't invest in. You can make moral choices in the things that you buy and as a a for instance there i uh, very very rarely even though it would be so much more convenient and probably cheaper for Mm. me i don't buy from amazon like the the majority of the things that i would buy from amazon would be records yeah and i don't i buy them from a independence independence yeah i stick to independence it's a real fucking small little fucking thing, uh, and I don't pat myself on the back for it or anything like that. But it's a small little thing that I can do for this. Yeah. To to to, to feel like I am not just fucking feeding the machine a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and yeah. No. I, I, absolutely. And I I I respect that. I it just it, it, I I don't know. It, it's. Again, going back to like video game stuff, like talking about like Sony laying people off and stuff like that. Cool, man. All right, don't don't own a PlayStation Five then. Oh, what do you mean? That means then you can't play Spider Man. Yeah, there's, All an right. element, there's an element of of, of 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 put your money where your mouth is. It, yeah. Another another example is um, about a year ago now. Um, a football example here is. The football club that I support was uh, was put up for sale. I'm using Bunny Ears podcast, which is horrible, awful. It never was actually put up for sale. The rumours were that it was put up for sale. It wasn't. It was put up for investment. Um, and there was a straight away a very strong link to um, Saudi uh, investment by uh, the football club that I support. And I had a, a basic conversation to you, didn't I, Vex, of saying, I'm really genuinely fucking worried about this because if that happens, I have to sever this admittedly you know it shouldn't be an unhealthy toxic relationship I have with football but I have to sever that part of my life and it is an important part of my life you know and it has been for the majority of my life I would have to go I I can't have the principles that I have and then still go but this is okay Mm, mm. it is that there's an element to a lesser extent it was the same thing with the World Cup yeah the World Cup didn't watch any of the World Cup Um, but there's, there's, it's, it's always bits that you can do. But then again, I think the, the fact, I think what you're saying is, and I, I agree with it. If I'd have then been constantly fucking tweeting about not watching the World Cup, boycott, hashtag World Cup, would have been a bit like, mate, <laughs> just don't watch it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's not. It, it, it's not that I want to say like I've given up on this kind of stuff or anything, but it's just like I really, really like my Formula One. 
three races of the 24 of Nate Nate's season are you know basic, basically sports washing I'm going to one of them you know, you know like and it, it doesn't make me feel particularly good but it's a, a thing that I'm interested in and it's like I don't know man there's there's nothing that I can do like e- even like being a part of like collective action to to turn the tide on that you know, and it, it it's depressing, but that, that, I don't know. It is it is what it is, and yeah, I don't know. It, it it's I don't know. It's interesting. Like um, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday about the whole United, like Jim Radcliffe coming in and buy buying up part of it, and one of them was just like the kind of wish we had the uh, Saudi just take complete control of it, and another one was saying like. I'd stop supporting the club if I if if that had happened, and like the other guy just like came back and said, you know, <laughs> there's a good chance in ten fifteen years you might not be able to support any fucking club in the top like division or even two divisions if that's the stance that that you're gonna take. And it's I I I you know I get it. I it it just I the, yeah. The thing there is it, 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 again using the football example there is it it's. Once your club becomes a sports washing exercise, um, it is no longer your club. No, it's no. no longer the the thing that exists. So, for instance, it, it, it's um, RB Leipzig is a different thing. Yeah, because that's just a Red Bull project. These clubs, there's nothing behind them anyway. So it's a different thing. And I, I had a similar conversation with, with talking about it with a, a friend who supports a sport washing club. Um, and, and said it, and he was like, well, you're owned by Americans. Americans do bad things. It's like, we're not owned by America. <laughs> we're owned by a consortium of American businessmen. We're not owned by America. You know, we're not owned by a nation state that... The simple fact is, and I've said it before on the podcast, again, just doing the football thing, is f- people who can launch drone attacks shouldn't be allowed to own football clubs. Mm. That should just be a thing <laughs> that is there. Um, but I, I, I'm, the thing is, I'm not going to tell anybody else. The, the friend is a Newcastle fan. I'm not going to tell him that he can't support Newcastle. But I can... At, at, at points feel like I can go hang on a minute no 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 you can't on one post on Facebook go I wear the fucking lads Geordie Massive are back and then the next one post about the fact that you're a pride you can't have both it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't you can't sorry you just can't no um, but in less controversial bits but that still might cause a little bit of controversy I think that John Williams' score for Home Alone might be his best score. It's a great score. It's a fucking great score. But not only is it a great... Because there are some scores that John Williams has done that are brilliant pieces of music. That are brilliant pieces of music. Yeah. But Home Alone and Jaws, uh, which I'm going to segue nicely into my uh, next film that I watched, um... They are, they're great scores. They fit, they're brilliant bits of music, but they fit the film perfectly. Yeah. You know, you've got 
Home Alone, the score for it, is it's this kind of like cheeky but mysterious kind of like score that's got a little bit of an edge to it and then comes in with a this almost like cuddly but makes you feel nostalgic and makes it feel kind of it's Christmas as fuck. Not even that, but even like a few years after it, it made it feel like like Home Alone had been part of the you know the cultural furniture for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's why mm. Home Alone is thirty four years old. Uh, thirty three years old. Sorry. What year did it come out? Nineteen ninety. It's ten years old. It's thirty three years old, right? So that's basically like what. 1957 for it. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, but it still feels like it was 10 years ago. It doesn't feel like a 30 odd year old movie. It's, it's wild. Um, in that. Uh, but yeah, segue nicely to the other film that I watched. How's uh, Jaws relevant to this? Because Jack Black's character talks about the Jaws score in this movie. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, so I, I film that Ian <laughs> watches every Christmas. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. Why don't I watch this film every Christmas? Because I like Nancy Myers. I like Jude Law. I um, think that Cameron Diaz, when she's good, is brilliantly adorable and a very gifted comedic actress. Mm. Jack Black is Jack Black. And Kate Winslet can be hot sometimes. So I, I watched The Holiday. Why look at that, Alex? Uh, I watched The Holiday. The Holiday is both equal parts fucking terrible and really fucking good. Some weird fucking kismet about that film, isn't there? It, there really is. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed it and will now watch it every Christmas. I think it's a four out of five movie. But also, there are bits in it that, there are bits in it that just don't make narrative sense. Yeah, and there are bits in it that are just bad. That bit where Kate Winslet tries to fucking kill herself early on is an odd odd couple minutes. The fact that literally it goes from her and Jack Black on Christmas Eve um, having like an impromptu like Christmas Eve like friend date to like the next fucking season montage of them um, like putting that guy through, like, fucking training to walk up some stairs, including taking him to... I, I would... I'd love to know which Taylor's is open on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, mm. It's... But it's it's just a really watchable film. Yeah. I, I'd seen it before, but I remembered nothing about it. But I know I'd seen it before. <coughs> but then... Um, when you find out that uh, that Jude Law's character is actually not just a cad, he's a widow, he's really quite, you know, oh, that kind, that's, well played, Nancy, that adds a level of, oh, he's actually just a nice guy into it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I really enjoyed my time with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's fun. Um, Jack Black in Jack Black in the middle of blockbusters, um, just doing scores from movies to Kate Winslet. 
feels like they shot that in an actual blockbuster and Jack Black just started doing that and Kate Winslet was just kind of into it. Yeah, that that guy in the club screaming at that girl's face. No, he's 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 he's, he's just picking up <laughs> random videos in it because he his character writes movie scores, and so he's picking up like random what is it, and then just humming and like doing the Jack Black humming, but also saying words yeah. uh, at the same time for what in the tune for the score that is the video that he's holding, and Kate Winslet completely now out of character is just really enjoying it and just laughing because it's funny. There's also a bit where, again, clearly not in the script, it's just Jack Black, what is it? Where he leans over to grab something and as he pulls his arm back, his, his arm like grazes against her boob. And he's like, oh, boob graze, boob graze. And Kate Winslet is, is at one point looks across and she's clearly looking at Nancy Myers and she just, she just starts going with it and... Jack Black is just riffing and she just cannot stop laughing. Mm. But it's kept in because it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Had a great time with that. We'll watch it every year now. Nice. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I have watched. Right. Let's, I think we do have some Twitter questions. Let me just pull my phone out of my pocket. I just randomly put away in my pocket before I actually start asking the questions. Right. Um, Rick K. Uh, Merry Christmas, folks. Hope you are in a good time with New Year approaching. What are your favourite films slash scenes set at New Year? The end of the holiday. That's a fair shout. I mean, it's when Harry Sally. I mean, the correct answer is when Halley met Sally, yeah. Is the correct answer. Um, there must be more New Year's movies. Isn't Strange Days set? Uh, doesn't that end around New Year? I think it is, yeah. That film, I feel like, you just can't find anywhere anymore. It's, it's, it's on, it, it crops up on streaming services loads. What strange days? It's like Ray Fine's almost kind of like cyberpunk thing. It's uh, <coughs> yeah, it's like people like people's like memories are recorded and stuff, and then um, it's like oh, what is it? It's like uh, there's like a serial killer and like there's like leaving kind of like the memory like the the people's dying memories or something and uh, Ray Fiennes is like an LAPD cop but then there's like riots happening and stuff as well it's um it's yeah. bonkers film yeah yeah it's fucking I, I, I feel like you you dig the the aesthetic but yeah 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 I mean it, it cast as well it's, it's a long film it's two and a half hours long but Ray Fiennes yeah. Angela Bassett Juliet Lewis Tom Sizemore back when he was good uh, Michael Winnicott, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, William Fitchner, Nicky Katz in there, cause of course, it was made in the mid-90s. Yeah, it's a... We'll get to it. I mean, Holiday, where they do the um, Dirty Dancing lift and she loses the dress, that's... That'd that's be Holiday, it could be, yeah. Uh, Poseidon Adventure. 
Poseidon Adventure is a good show. Yeah. That's a New Year's party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they would probably be my my warm ones. Uh, what else have we got? So we also got a question of uh, Dylan Black Lanterns. After popping the question myself, congratulations by the way, um, fairly recently, what are some of your favourite proposal scenes? Ooh. I'm going to have, I'm going to mildly cheat and take true romance. Yeah? Yeah. You don't actually see the proposal scene, but the scene going from them on top of the um, on the building behind the sign, having like the big like heart to heart of her admitting that she was a call girl, and him going, "Oh, I this I, I had the best night of my life," and then the next scene is them getting married. Yeah, he's great. Hmm. But also in *Harriet Sally*. Yeah, I was going to say *Harriet Sally*. And congrats, Dylan. I can't think of an answer, but. Um, your your proposal is my favourite. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean the wedding singer on the planes up there. The wedding singer on the planes. Yeah, that's a, a good shout. Yeah. That is a good shout. The song. Oh. I like that movie. Well, it is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to rewatch that this week. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what are we covering right. next week? <laughs> uh, so I think we're gonna do a spot of Priscilla. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to do anyone but you. Yeah. Um, if we get round to it, next goal wins, I suppose. Uh, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I know. I think we'll be leading off with those two. Yeah. Let's pull things out. The week after. Yeah, it's like a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. I don't know why. I'm not overly keen on Emma Stone or Yorga Fantomas. But I, I just I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Again, I like all the cast, and the, mm. the thing that's making me okay with it is Yogi Boy didn't write it; he's just directing. Yeah, you don't like you don't like it when Yogi Boy um, controls the words, do you? No, it just becomes a little bit tedious. So that's that's what screenwriters are called word controllers. Yeah. <laughs> word controlled by. <laughs> word controlled by. God, that should be it. But yeah, there we are. Yeah, that's a fucking, yeah, another banging show coming up then. Right, well, thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Markle. And thank you very much, listeners. <laughs> we shall speak to you next week. I was waiting for them to answer then. They, they, do, they, do, they, do, they do, they answer, but we can't hear it unless they all collectively answer at the same time, then the world might hear it. Is it like when I'm driving and somebody like lets me out and I do the wave but I also say thank you and then I realise I'm in the car with the windows closed and music on loud and they can't hear me? Is it like that? Or like when you used to tell me off I used to say thank you at cash points. That and they were a thing. Oh yeah, that was dumb. Well dumb, I just... It's a reaction. See, I'm saying thank you to an actual real human but that can't hear me. You're saying thank you to... Cash machines. But the, the heron from the boy and the heron can hear and it's just like, you're welcome! <laughs> See, at least someone listens. I do feel like I kind of want to watch the subdiversion. <laughs> I want to watch both. <laughs> oh, right. Bye. 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 <laughs>